What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the We Got Now podcast. This is actually a special episode uh, because every Thursday, well, not every Thursday, but uh, every other Thursday, every three Thursdays, we're going to release just what we call Testimony Thursday. And it'll just be me uh, interviewing a special guest. Maybe you know them, maybe you don't know them. Um, maybe they go to the Hardin Baptist Church with me. Maybe they're from another local church in my area. Maybe, you know, we, we FaceTime and, and Skype or, or Zoom a couple of guys and gals and you can hear from them. But the idea of Testimony Thursday is we'll just record uh, a pretty brief, you know, 10 to 20 minute, hopefully, episode of me recording people and just asking them about their life. Um, and most importantly, how Jesus has changed their life how Jesus has saved them from their sin, called them into eternal life, given them a a new name, a new identity, and and how he has totally transformed them from the inside out. So I'm really looking forward to Testimony Thursday. Uh, But I I thought just just to launch this new idea for this podcast, Testimony Thursday, I would just start uh, with my own testimony. I think many of you uh, know me at this point in time. Uh, my name is Chase Bright. I am the youth director at Hardin Baptist Church. This past Sunday, the church actually voted to ordain me as the youth pastor um, coming up here on October 15th. So really, really thankful and excited um, about that. All glory to the Lord. Um, I have three kids, Maddox, Baylor, and Charlie. Maddox is three, Baylor is two, Charlie is uh, right around eight months old. My wife, her name is Caitlin. Um, She is wonderful, she is beautiful, and she loves the Lord. She will certainly be on Testimony Thursday um, here in the near future. But of course, I haven't always uh, desired to be a pastor, and I certainly have not always been um, a Christian. You know, growing up, I was really a product of my culture, which if you're from where I live, um, of course, live in the western part of Kentucky. Um, This region is correctly identified as the Bible Belt. Uh, But when I think of the Bible Belt, I actually don't think of it in positive terms. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong to, to do so. But but really what I see in the culture I grew up in and currently as it is now is is the Bible Belt is is largely a bunch of nominal Christians, a bunch of, you know, what Jesus in Revelation 3 to the church in Laodicea would call lukewarm Christians. And uh, and so, you know, that was, I was really a product of my culture growing up here in West Kentucky. I was very nominal. I was very lukewarm. I, I, I made a, a profession of faith. I believe it was in fifth grade. Um, and, and I'm very thankful for the church I was in at that point in time, but it, it was very much so, it was a Sunday school, I was emotional, you know, I, I very much so did not want to go to hell, because who does? And uh, I just remember uh, having some questions for um, someone in our church at, at that point in time, and uh, <laughs> five minutes later, I was, I was saved, question mark I, I was told I was saved and I just wasn't sure at all what even took place I, I did not understand the gospel like probably even the basics to be honest like I didn't understand 
yeah, that Christ died on the cross for my sins, but that he took my place, that he bore the wrath of God. Um, I didn't understand the significance of the resurrection. Like, I just, I didn't even know what happened. I was in fifth grade, and, um, and this is not to say whatsoever that young children cannot understand the gospel. It's just like, I did not at that point in time. Um, I know, I know people who come to faith, you know, way, way, way earlier than that or, and are walking with the Lord, and it was genuine. It's just in my case, it wasn't. I was not a believer. Um, I, I did not have a heart change. I didn't know, again, what was going on. Um, but everyone was celebrating. Like, this person <laughs> told told my parents that, you know, I got saved, and I felt a little stuck. I was like, oh, okay, wow, like, that's awesome. I'm not going to hell anymore. Like, this guy says I'm saved. It must mean I'm saved. And, and one of the things that continued to get preached to me from that point forward was once saved, always saved. You know, I had a little certificate, and it had the date I supposedly made this profession, um, and I was told, hey, if you ever question this salvation, if you ever question what happened, just go back to the certificate and just remember, once saved, always saved. So, like, man, that's a great gig, right? Like, just just ask a question in Sunday school, and, and yeah, you're a Christian now. Uh, and, and so that was that was awfully <laughs> confusing for me, as you can imagine, as a, as a fifth grader. And then in, uh, I believe it was sixth grade, about a year a year later, um, we very much so church hopped uh, as a kid. Uh, I love my parents. They, they were very uh, concerned with, with finding a good youth ministry for me at that point in time, uh, which I think comes from just a, a great place in their heart. But I also think, you know, um, it's probably not wise to join churches, to, to hop from church to church simply um, you know, to, to find a youth ministry, and I'm, I'm saying this as a soon-to-be youth pastor, uh, don't go to a church just because of the youth ministry. I, I Go to the church uh, because of the great teaching, because of the great preaching, because of the values, right? Um, not just because the youth ministry is big, and the youth pastor is cool, and you got your friends going there. I'm just saying, it, it's not a great reason to join a church as a family, um, so we were, even about that next year, we were in a new church. It's actually, actually a church I grew up in, like, as a toddler um, and as a young elementary student. And, yeah, so I was, okay, well, I'm, now I'm hearing guys talk about baptism. And I, so I was, I was a Christian, right? Like, I would made a profession, so now I was being told I, I needed to get baptized. Did not know what baptism meant, Um not trying to sound overly critical, but I'm not, I'm not sure anyone really even explained the significance of baptism to me. But before you know it, uh, I was at this new church, and I was in the waters of baptism. Didn't know what it meant. No one discerned my heart, whether I had been transformed by the gospel. No one asked me if I knew the gospel. Um, <laughs> but I was dunked in the waters. I was raised out, and people were smiling and happy. And my family were there. My friends were there. And again, I felt a little pressure. Like, oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to, to back away from this. And so all throughout middle school, all throughout high school, after all of that happened, I just lived a very nominal life, a very lukewarm, quote, Christian life. Um, and you know what? I, I, was, I was a moral kid for the most part, relative to many of my friends, right? Many of my classmates, many of my teammates, I was a good kid. Um, I largely did not do things that many 
teenagers do in high school. I, I wasn't going to parties. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking. And I didn't have any interest in it. Like, I did not want to do those things. And I think that gave me some type of security, you know, to believe, well, well shoot it. Well, maybe I am a little different. You know, maybe, maybe I am following Jesus. But all along, even through my morality, I had always questioned my faith. Okay, well, I know that they said that happened in fifth grade, but I don't feel saved. I, I don't feel like I love Jesus. I don't really care about the Bible. Um, so just really, really confused in middle school and high school, but was but was a pretty good kid, you know. And then I got to college, and I got to play college baseball at Kentucky Wesleyan College. Oh, man, it was I, – I love Kentucky Wesleyan. Met a, a professor there. I don't know if he'll ever hear this. Uh, his name is Professor Ron Sharp. He was the religion professor at Kentucky Wesleyan. I owe him uh, so much uh, just just gratitude and thankfulness. Um, he was really the one bright light at Kentucky Wesleyan. I loved playing baseball. I loved my teammates. I loved the school. But that was when I began to really not be the, quote, good kid anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I didn't care about not doing things others were doing. Like, like, why put on this show anymore? Like, just be cool, Chase. Like, be popular. You know, live for man's applause. Like, that's all that matters is that you're known and loved and that you leave a, a legacy behind. And so I started to kind of drift away from my, my upbringing as far as morals and ethics. Um, <laughs> and you know what? Like, it was good for me. Because then I started to realize that I was actually a sinner and that I was actually separated from God and that I actually loved the darkness. And I actually loved the darkness so much. Uh, a lot of stuff happened that I don't have time to, to go into in this episode, but I ended up transferring to Murray State, quit baseball, uh, which again is going to be a blessing in disguise. Because at Murray State my sophomore year, <laughs> sorry if mom and dad are listening to this, I, I just I did whatever I wanted. I did whatever I wanted, which was what everyone else wanted, right? Like, I went to the parties. Uh, I did the things that I was supposed to do, you know, supposedly as a sophomore college student. Um, you know, just, just tried to be as cool as I could be. Tried to live um, a, fun, a fun life, you know, going out on Friday nights and Saturday nights and didn't care about grades, didn't care about going home to the family, didn't care about anything. Just cared about living it up. And that continued uh, a little bit into junior year. The, the very first part of my junior year, it was, just, it was just me doing what I wanted to do. And I tell you, I had built, I had built a throne for me. <laughs> I had built thrones with all these idols underneath it, relationships, popularity, uh, just, just still like, even sports. I wasn't playing baseball anymore, but sports were an idol. Uh, success was an idol. All these things that I was just worshiping. And life was good, so I thought, right? And then my junior year at Murray State, one idol swept out from underneath me, and then the other, and then the other, and then the other. And it was just a snowball effect, like literally all within a week span. I felt like all these things that were going well for me suddenly weren't, right? Like, like a relationship I was in ended, and that was one of my idols. Uh, a friendship that I had had some tension in it. And that was one of my idols. And I've, the popularity that I was chasing, now that I wasn't in this relationship, now that I wasn't in this friendship, 
that took a step back. And so all these idols begin to fall out from underneath this throne I created for myself. And I literally hit rock bottom. And at rock bottom is only by the grace of God that I didn't look down. I didn't look in despair. But my upbringing caused me to look up. It's like, man, there's got to be something I'm missing. Like this party life ain't it. There's got to be something I'm missing. And I know God, not even Jesus. Like I didn't, I know God in some way, shape or form is the answer. And so by God's providence, and this is, this gives me goosebumps. I go to Hardin Baptist Church on September 24th, 2017. I go to the college Sunday school taught by Chris Lawrence. And I do, I didn't know, I don't, I don't remember what he taught on. Just be honest, Chris, if you're listening to this, I have no idea. All I knew was that after this Sunday school, I was going to talk to this guy. I didn't know Chris. <laughs> I do now. Thank, thank goodness I do. I just knew I was going to talk to him and, and ask him. And, and I knew what, what I was going to ask. I was going to ask, should I rededicate my life? Or how do I rededicate my life to Christ? Because that was a language I'd heard before in my upbringing. You know, you kind of fall off. You rededicate your life to Christ. And so I was just sitting through the Sunday school lesson. I was listening, but again, like I was just ready to ask this question to this, at this point, random guy. Um, but I thought he might have an answer. And so the Sunday school lesson ended. I walk up to Chris. It's actually like an hour later because everyone walked up to Chris and asked him questions. Uh, and I wanted to be very last because I didn't want anyone else to be in the room when I asked. And so it was about an hour. At this point, it was like one o'clock. And I walk up to Chris and just kind of start crying, start, kind of start tearing up. He sits by me and I ask that question. Like, I think I, think I need to rededicate my life. Like, how do I rededicate my life? And with the utmost compassion, this man, Chris Lawrence, looks at me and uh, <laughs> he says something along the lines of, again, with so much compassion, in the scriptures, there's really no such thing as rededicating your life. And he takes the time. He was so tired. I know he was hungry. He'd worked all day. He takes the time to just lay out the gospel, the full gospel to me. He gives me some helpful illustrations that that talk about Jesus, not just as our Savior, but as our Lord, Lordship, salvation, stuff I'd never heard before, about how it was more than just wanting to go to heaven, not to go to hell, but it was about treasuring Jesus and making Jesus my Lord, following Him as my King. And uh, it just clicked. Like, oh, so all these idols that I'm chasing aren't going to satisfy me? So all these idols I'm chasing aren't going to save me? Jesus will? He is the living water. Like, He is the one my soul is thirsting for. He is the one who gives me eternal life. He is the one I was created to worship. And in that moment, my heart was just alive to the gospel and to Jesus. And in, in that Sunday school classroom, which is actually the Point Sanctuary, if you're familiar with this, I, uh, I was sitting beside Chris, and uh, say, well, this is what I want to do. I want to trust in Jesus for the very first time. I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I want to follow him. And so uh, I prayed. I called out to God in faith. Um, and everyone who calls the name of the Lord will be saved. And on September 24th, uh, September 24th 2017, that's exactly what happened for me. Um, God saved me. 
I'm so eternally grateful for that salvation. And uh, ever since then, I got plugged into this amazing church, Hardin Baptist Church, got plugged into the college ministry, got plugged into the life of the church, started serving in the church. Um, God just radically transformed my life. Man, like the things I loved, I no longer loved. The things I did, I no longer did. And it wasn't out of morals. It wasn't out of ethics anymore. It was simply out of a desire to follow Jesus as my king. He totally transformed my life. Within, uh, within five or six months, I applied to work at Crossings, which is a youth camp. Uh, at this point, I was thinking about ministry, but I thought I was going to be college ministry. I thought it was going to be college, but I didn't want anything to do with teenagers. I wanted to be with college students, right, because that's where I came to Christ. I worked at Crossings Ministry for, for two or three months. Uh, <laughs> man, and I realized quickly, I didn't want to do college ministry. I wanted to do youth ministry. God was calling me, I think, through that season at Crossings to youth ministry, to ministry in general, but I think specifically for this season of my life, still youth ministry. Um, at this point, I was dating Caitlin. As soon as Crossings end, I proposed to Caitlin. We were engaged for four or five months. I got married in January 2019. Uh, she was totally on board. Like At this point, the calling of my life, I felt like, was I wanted to be a pastor, um, Specifically, I wanted to, to start as a, as a youth pastor. I love youth ministry, still do. Um, and so I started applying to some jobs, some youth pastor jobs, and it was unbelievable. Like God just confirmed this because I just applied to a couple of jobs and, and these, these churches would call me uh, and they wanted me to come be their youth pastor. There was one church down in Texas that had 105 applicants. And I'm not saying this to boast in any way, shape or form, but just to... Uh, you know, praise God for confirming this. 105 applicants. I had no seminary degree. I had no ministry experience. 105 applicants in a uh, a fairly large church. They called me and said it was a long process, but we've chosen you. I got of everyone. We've chosen you. We want you to be our youth pastor. I was like, shoot. Well, that's unbelievable. Like, why didn't you take the other guy? Like, I don't even have a seminary degree. I don't have youth experience. I don't have ministry experience. But they chose me. And Hardin Baptist came to me. Uh, Nick Calhoun was a youth pastor at the time. Corey Cunningham, who's, who's still here, uh, they lovingly, uh, you know, not bribed, they, they, they didn't bribe me to stay at Harden by any way, shape, or form, but they knew I wanted to be here. I knew I ultimately wanted to be at Harden, um, and it didn't take much of, of a nudge from them uh, to get me to stay here at Harden. And so I started interning under youth, uh, uh, under Nick Calhoun in the youth ministry. I owe, I texted him this this past week. I owe so much to him. Um, man, if you don't have a, if you don't have a Nick Calhoun in your life, if you don't have a Paul in your life, someone who just pours into you, who takes chances on you, you're missing out. You've got to, you've got to find that person in your life who believes in you. Nick Calhoun was that person for me. He believes still in me. Um, he did not have to, like, it, it was just, I just love that dude so much. And, uh, yeah, so started interning and, uh, that just, but ultimately, it's led to where I'm at today as the youth, youth, soon to be youth pastor at Hardin Baptist Church. So God is just literally, he has taken just this kid who was confused in a Sunday school classroom in fifth grade, who lived as a nominal Christian all throughout his teenage years. He has completely saved me. He has completely transformed my life. He has given me desires to serve him in ministry. I am so grateful for Jesus Christ. I am so thankful for the gospel. I am so eternally joyful that 
God loved me so much and loves me so much that He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for me in my place, to bear my sin and take my shame and to raise from the dead three days later. I do not deserve this salvation, but, but God, God wanted to save me. I will never get over it, and I will spend my life so long as the Lord lets me preaching this gospel to others and prayerfully seeing more lives transformed by the gospel that has already transformed millions of people's lives, including my very own. I appreciate you listening to this first ever Testimony Thursday. Um, man, we're going to have a great list of, of guests. You're going to want to tune in every single time, not just to this podcast, every episode, I hope, but Testimony Thursday is going to be a special time. Until the next one. Peace.